and welcome to this podcast from the Private Wealth Team at Safford Chambers. My name is Leonora Stevens, and I'm a director in the Private Wealth Team based in Bristol. I'm delighted to be joined virtually by Mike Hodges, who is the head of our Private Wealth Team at Safford Chambers. Mike is based in Manchester. Hi, Mike. Hi, Leo. Hiya. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Um, this is the first of three podcasts where Mike and I will be discussing passing assets down to the next generation. This specific podcast will cover the gifting of properties, whether it be your main home, a furnished holiday let or holiday home, and the practical and tax implications associated with the gift. In the next podcast, we will discuss giving away assets other than properties. And the final one will be on giving assets to trust and how they can be utilised. As always, I thought I'd start by covering off why, why we're discussing this topic. Well, a big concern for many of our clients is understandably inheritance tax, and for some, property constitutes a large element of their overall wealth. But the issue with property is that it's often an illiquid asset, plus people tend to want to still use the property. So, for example, your main home, or if you have a lovely holiday house by the sea, but with keeping an eye on the potential IHT payable. So this is why this is an interesting topic for clients, especially as there are certain traps that they can fall into from a tax perspective if proper planning isn't considered at the outset. So specifically looking at gifting of properties, there are three main tax considerations. There are CGT, inheritance tax or income tax implications. Now, I don't want this podcast to be an overly technical podcast. um, And uh, there will be a briefing that will be released at the same time as the podcast. So if you want the detail, then feel free to, to read through the pages on our website. But we'll start by briefly covering a couple of these points and I'll do the CGT um, and then Mike will look at some of the inheritance tax points and we'll finish off with a few practical considerations for you. I was just going to say, Leo, if you get too technical, you'll lose me anyway. So let's keep it keep it simple. <laughs> OK, um, well, starting with CGT, I, I would say I, I have had a few clients who have thought that if they're simply making a gift of a property to their child and as long as they don't receive any money for it, then surely there must be no tax. Um, unfortunately, it is treated as a disposal deemed to take place at market value. So any gain is subject to capital gains tax at either 18 or 28%, depending on what level of tax you pay. But I would add that if you were going to gift your main home to your child and the property qualified as your main residence for the whole period of ownership, then you could claim principal private residence relief and there'd be no tax. So this is great from a CGT perspective. But if you continue to live in the property after you made the gift, then there could be IHT implications, which Mike will cover off shortly. And there are also some some planning and practical tips around this that we can discuss in this podcast. So if you have got tax to pay, um, for example, if you give your holiday home to the kids, and you must remember that actually if there's tax to pay, you need to report this to the revenue within 60 days of the disposal and pay any tax. Um, The issue with this is it's it's called a dry tax charge, is that you've got to pay the tax, but you won't have actually received any money. So if you sold it on the open market and you got given, you know, you sold it for a million pounds, you'd then be able to pay the tax from that, the proceeds. But if you're giving it to your children for zero consideration, um, you would need to find, find a pot of cash to pay that tax. My um, final point on CGT is where obviously a lot of people have second homes, whether it be a holiday home or a furnished holiday let. So where clients have got a rental property that qualifies as a furnished holiday let, and this is where it, it meets certain um, certain qualifying conditions, where it's got to be let for a certain number of days per year, available to let for a certain number of days. 
then this is actually a business asset. And on the gift, you can claim something called CGT holdover. And this means that, in effect, the recipient receives the assets at the donor's original base cost and the gains rolled over to the recipient. Um, be careful, though, because some people may think that their holiday home that they rent out occasionally might qualify for this, but actually a, a normal holiday home where you rent it a couple of weeks a year wouldn't be able to claim this, this relief. So those, I think, are the few sort of CGT points. And I'll over to you, Mike, to cover off the main IHT considerations, or if you've got any comments on the CGT points I've just spoken about, do let me know. Yeah, thanks, Leo. When we were talking about this podcast, I did say to you, I'd seen a case years and years ago, and I'm very good at this. My memory is, is failing as the weeks roll on, um, where an individual taxpayer went all the way to the Court of Appeal on his own to contest the fact that HMRC were trying to charge him capital gains tax when he'd given property, I think, to his son. But I, I can't find the case. But the Court of Appeal just had to say, sorry, you're wrong. So not only had he got a tax bill, but he got the cost of taking a case to, to the Court of Appeal. So it, it's, it, it may be counterintuitive, but it, it, it's right, unfortunately. Give the asset away and subject to the reliefs, and you've got a capital gains tax bill. Um, on the inheritance tax side, I, I guess that's probably the, the meat and drink of what people think they're trying to to achieve, they give a they give a property away. It's no longer in their estate for inheritance tax purposes. It's with the children or grandchildren, so it's skipped a generation. I suppose the the key thing, which I find, if people have got one inheritance tax fact in their heads, it's that they have seven years, and if they give make a gift and survive seven years, it's out of their estate, which is which is absolutely right. That's called a pet or a potentially exempt transfer. So give an asset away live seven years and it's, it is out of your estate but if it's if you don't survive the seven years then it isn't and there's still some inheritance tax issue to pay and you're then talking about potentially the the, the recipient of the gift as the, as the default payer of that tax although you could specify in your will that you want your estate to pay it um the other thing that that people can fall foul of is this reservation of benefit probably the 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 tax world's ugliest acronym, a GROB, a gift with the reservation of benefit. That's basically where you try to have your cake and eat it. You give the asset away, but you still want to live there or enjoy it or spend your summer months there, whatever it might be, if we're talking about a, a property. You can't do that. You get the, the, the worst of all worlds because the tax man says, sorry, no, that's still in your estate for, for inheritance tax purposes. So that the, the normal way around that is that if you do want to continue to use the asset, you pay a market rate for the use of it. Uh, that's one of those things where I can hear myself advising a client and see them nodding, but I have this worry that in practice, uh, the, 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 the spirit may be willing, but the flesh will be weak and they won't do it. So it's one where we have to sort of reserve nagging rights and go back to clients and say, you are doing this, aren't you? Because it is one of those things that too easy to fall, fall foul of. And it will be your example. Sorry, Leo, carry on. No, I was going to say, I think also the, 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 the key is that the recipient needs to remember they need to declare that rental income on their tax returns as well. It's all very well saying, I'll pay you the money across, but you need they, it's also a source of income for the, child, for the child. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And the question clients ask on this and other tax matters is, well, how, how will anyone find out? Well, one, we have to advise to do it right, because that's the only way we can operate. And secondly your executors will have to fill in all the forms when they're dealing with your estate. So it, it will come out. 
Um, and the final point I was just going to make, and I guess it's relatively rare, but if you are talking about minor children and you're giving away a rental property, then until they reach adulthood, until they're 18, then any income of more than £100 a year is taxed back on you as, as the parent. This is parents giving to, to minor children. Grandchildren can do it. But I, I suspect gifts to minor children are relatively rare and will come on in the the third of this series of podcasts to trust, which is a more no, normal situation. So that's the, the main techie bit. Leo, any other practical tips that occur to you? Well, when I mean, a certain there are certain things you can do when it comes to giving away property, for example, your main home or a holiday home, is where you don't give away 100% of the property. So, for example, you gave 50% away to your child. Um, and then as long as it's being... You are both occupying it as a residence and, you know, and the bills are shared. So there are ways of mitigating the sort of the grob issues and the CGT. So that's just something to, to sort of to explore. But I would emphasise that this is a when it comes to gifts of reservation and the CGT on, on properties that you're still going to use. It's a really technical area. So, you, you know, it, it's not sort of a black and white answer and, one would need to work through with their tax advisor each of the specific scenarios to make sure that um, you're doing the right thing from a tax perspective, as in mm-hmm. a reporting perspective. Um, well, and you know, there's a couple of other practical tips I would sort of emphasise is that if you've got a client who's giving away a furnished holiday net and they're hoping to rely upon the option to claim TGT holdover where they're not going to end up paying any tax, it's important to check that the property did actually qualify as a furnished holiday let for the entire period of ownership. So if you held it for 10 years and only five years it was a holiday qualified as a furnished holiday let, then it then half only half the gain you could roll over and the rest you would pay the tax on. So that's just something to think about. And then you know if 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 it just for example the father owned 100 percent of the property, make sure you think about whether you pass half to the mother first so you can make and make the most of their CGT annual exemptions before you make any gifts. Um, and then one other other point is sort of why, you know, thinking back to sort of why you're actually giving the asset away. Is it purely for inheritance tax purposes? And, you know, is there, could, could you insure against, so for example, if you continue to hold the asset on death, could you insure against the IHT that's payable, which may actually be less than the capital gains tax on the gift? So that's something to weigh up. Um, but Mike, have you got any other top tips to consider? Yeah, I think, Leo, what we've talked about, obviously, because it's what we do as the day job, is is the, the tax and technical side of things. But the the very first question for someone to, to ask themselves before they give an asset away is, am I happy that I'm giving it away? Which may be stating the, the blindingly obvious, but once it's gone, it's gone. You can't resent what the, the recipient of the gift might do with it. Um, it's it's theirs and it's it's not yours. So, so that control thing, I think, weighs quite heavily in a lot of cases. And I I would just say to people, be 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 cautious about how you you do that. And I would also say that in a more technical sense, around have you left yourself enough assets to have a comfortable retirement so that you haven't run out of assets? Because the last thing you want to do is give everything away and then feel beholden on children or grandchildren to fund your expensive retirement or or care costs and those sorts of things. So I think it's important that you think about the practical and not just the the, the technical issues that that the sorts of things that that we advise on. 
Um, I suppose the other thing in some families, particular assets become quite emotive, but should you really let the emotion take over? Should you let your heart rule your head or should you perhaps say, look, I'm just going to sell that asset and make a gift of the cash, which might actually be more useful to the to the person who's receiving it rather than um, the asset itself, which you may love, but actually your family may have t- not have told you that they're not quite so, so fond of it. Um, there is a horrible, we're not even going to go into pre-owned assets tax here, Leo, but the, the, if, you, if you're doing that and you think they're going to buy another asset that you might use in terms of property, then then just come to us for advice because you can you can come horribly unstuck there. Um, and then finally, going back to, to one more tax point, we've talked about capital gains tax, inheritance tax, and a bit of income tax. But the thing that always feels counterintuitive to me is if I'm gifting a property which has a mortgage on it, even if it's to my spouse, then there would be stamp duty land tax, SDLT on that transfer. You you, you just think of husband and wife or spouse transfers as being completely benign. But there's a little trap there, as I say, if I'm giving the house, but it's subject to a mortgage of there being consideration which is stampable. So those are my sort of three parting comments, Leo. On the um, SDLT point, when it's spousal transfers, the 3% surcharge doesn't apply on spousal transfers. Good point. Um, for example, if you had a house, a, a flat worth 300k and there's a 50k mortgage on it, then that that would you know, that wouldn't be subject to the 3% surcharge if they already owned another property. But that's something to bear in mind. Um, but one final point I would say is that if you have a property rental business and you want to pass these down to the next generation, there are planning points to consider, but I think Mike and I could probably cover a whole podcast on that. So we will leave it for today. Um, but thank you, Mike, for joining me. Um, You're very welcome. Yes, another interesting discussion. Um, uh, we work with a wide range of clients and many are UK based and many live overseas but have interests here, whether that's property, business interests or investments. We advise individuals and family on how best to safeguard, maintain and enhance their wealth and on the most appropriate methods of passing that wealth down to the next generation. We also help people comply with the tax rules in the UK, which can be complex. If you'd like to find out more about Safri Chapman's and how we can help you, please head over to the Safri Chapman's website at www.safri.com. However, it's important for me to stress that if you are considering any of the topics discussed today, you should always take professional advice based on your individual circumstances. Thank you for listening.